what a weird scene. I'm not even sure where or how to begin describing it for you. But you know what? There was a, a real and justified collective sense of satisfaction in that locker room. Good morning to you. Good Sunday morning from Baltimore. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of the 10-7 and 7 Steelers. This program normally comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. I also happen to cover the other two teams in town, the Penguins and the Pirates, and I hope you'll check out the daily shots that I do on those teams as well. Steelers 17, Ravens 10, and no one knows if they're going to make the playoffs or not. That's going to be determined over the course of the final NFL Sunday that's now at hand. So there wasn't really an opportunity for anybody to get, you know, super crazy stoked uh, as in, you know, we made it and we did it. Uh, There's a couple of quality celebration videos that came out of the room on a couple of players, Instagram accounts. But don't mistake that for being we made it or we did it. Uh, They know that it's out of their control. They also know that the part that was in their control following those back-to-back losses to the 2-10 and teams, that part, they handled. I mean, they handled it with a great big assist from an actual NFL-level performing quarterback in Mason Rudolph. Rudolph did it again here yesterday, 18 of 20. Did you realize that he only through two incomplete passes, and one of them was totally on the money for Deontay Johnson. It would have been a touchdown, except that he slowed for some reason to put his right arm into the defender to try to shove him off. Never needed to do that. Only needed to keep running. So in this weather, some of the worst conditions, maybe the worst conditions I've ever covered for a sporting event. No lie. The new starting quarterback for this franchise threw one bad ball out of 20 and, of course, did connect with Deontay for a 71-yard touchdown when the team needed it the most. Najee Harris was outstanding again, plowing through people, being shorthanded, unlike Jalen Warren, who was not. And those guys really, more than anybody else, combined for the offense that was needed 17 points will generally do it in a Pittsburgh-Baltimore matchup, doubly so when the Ravens are resting the league's pending MVP in Lamar Jackson. One really rotten outcome out of this was obviously T.J. Watt injuring his left knee, MCL sprain. I was told just outside the locker room afterward that it's a grade three, which is the, the lightest the friendliest, if you will, of those grades, but it's still going to be really, really tough, one would think, for him to come back for a potential playoff game. But this, overall, this finish and this record at 10-7 and isn't something I'm going to sneeze at. I have very strongly disliked certain facets of what's happened along the way. I believe, as I continue to make clear on this program, episode after episode, that significant changes are needed in methodology, 
likely in personnel, and I'm not referring to players here, and that if Mike Tomlin isn't willing, no, 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 not willing. If Mike Tomlin isn't eager to go along with changes that get mandated, as I believe they really have to be by Art Rooney, then, you know, there are bigger questions to be asked. But I'm, I'm not here for that on this particular day. I think that what this team did over these last three weeks under some really, really tough circumstances, beating the Bengals at home, flying all the way out to Seattle, and now this in this place, in this city. Yeah, I, I've just got a cap tip here for this group, for fighting the way they did, and I'll just let them tell some of that story with the conversations that we had here after the game yesterday. This was Elandon Roberts. Oh, big, big. Uh, you know, you don't, these games in this league don't come easy. You know, we're all pros. And uh, as a collective, man, we have uh, been doing a, a, a fantastic job. And I think uh, we've been doing a lot of pretty well, too. And right now, we, uh, we're going to enjoy this win, but uh, get ready for the postseason. Roberts, by the way, playing at nowhere near 100%. Rushed himself to put himself into this game, something that he'd acknowledged to me. How about Marcus Golden stepping up in TJ's absence? Here's what he had to say. Oh, man, you just got to finish strong. You got to finish strong. That's football. Uh, if you step on that field, you got to have pride in your work. And uh, that's what we was able to do, man. We got a lot of great players on the defense. Everybody doing their job. So, man, that's what you do. If you step on that field, you got to do the job. Pat Fryermuth, another nice day for him. Overall, he's becoming a more complete tight end, something he and I have been discussing all season long that was going to be part of his goal. Only had a couple of catches, but made a lot of different types of plays, including, by the way, running a pristine route that served as a decoy that pulled both the Ravens inside linebacker and both of their safeties forward so that Deontay's momentum could take him down the field on the 71-yard touchdown. This was Fryermuth. Obviously, um, you know, we wanted to go on the right note. Uh, you know, we obviously, you know, we, we talked to each other and kind of tried to figure some things out. Um, you know, we, we clicked the past three weeks, and hopefully we uh, have an opportunity to get back in the playoffs and uh, see what happens. Good stuff. Good stuff. All of this. It's a step forward for the franchise. It really is. But be sure to underscore this. It's a step forward at the most important single position more than anywhere else when we come back j1q this segment of daily shot is brought to you by our good friends at mike's beer bar they're located on federal street directly across from pnc park mike has more than 500 beers on tap including from more than 50 local breweries stop in and say hello tell mike we sent you mike's beer bar Today's J1Q comes from Ben in New Zealand, who says, DK, what does the contract offer to Mason Rudolph look like this coming offseason? My belief, Ben, based on other contracts and other terms that have been set in similar situations around the NFL, 
is that, well, Mason's about to become really, really wealthy. Now, if you want to put that within the, the realm of NFL quarterback wealth, maybe not so much. But for somebody who legitimately spent recent months studying commercial real estate, he's he's about to do a lot better than commercial real estate is doing in general across our country. I could see Mason getting a deal that would cover three years in which the salary, hear me out before you overreact to this number I'm about to give, but salary being in the range of somewhere around 10 million, meaning per year. Out of that, a decent amount of it, a decent percentage is going to have to be guaranteed. Now, why do I say these things when I know they're going to get a negative reaction? Well, it's because I think it's true. If you look around at what other quarterbacks are being paid, starting quarterbacks, he'd still be coming as a massive bargain. Okay? Even if he's just your number two, he's coming at a massive bargain. $10 million is what Mitch Trubisky's been getting. And he hasn't been anybody's starter or expected, really, to be anybody's starter since he was with the Bears. What's more, remember that this isn't a scenario in which the Steelers are holding any cards. When this season is up, Mason Rudolph is a free agent. He's out there for all 32 teams to talk to. And all of those other 31 teams are going to be aware of what's happened in Pittsburgh over these past three games or if he goes on to have further success in the playoffs. Now, you didn't bring that up, Ben, but picture that. I mean, picture if he's going on some kind of Nick Foles run here and really going cha-ching on the process. So it's not going to be simple, but I do believe that it's doable. I know for a fact that Mason holds absolutely zero ill will toward the Steelers for having been in the situation that he's been in. And the number one reason for that is he's got really, really genuinely strong relationships with Omar Khan, others in management. He's got really strong inside the locker room. This is different, but relationships with some of the veteran players, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and so forth. But on top of that, when you hear him say things the way he did again yesterday after this game about being so grateful, so thankful, uh, he didn't mention the names this time. It doesn't mean anything, but he's done it in the past where he's referring to Omar. He's referred to Mike Tomlin. Uh, he's referred to people in the Steelers organization. He knows these people. He knows this playbook. And he also knows that you can't really hold too much against the Steelers when he was out there last summer and nobody wanted him, not even to be their backup. So if he's going to be mad, he's going to be mad at the whole world. And that's clearly not his current approach. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to today's bonus episode of Daily Shot of Steelers. I would encourage you to go check out DK Pittsburgh Sports. I have a full column there uh, about Rudolph, about other stuff from the game. Tons and tons of stuff. Doesn't cost you anything. Just go check it out. It's ckpittsburghsports.com. Spell out the Pittsburgh, too. Don't be lazy. And we'll do this again tomorrow, all right? 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.